I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Dithread News. Great to be with you today. And as I mentioned before the break, I'm going to share with you a little bit of a Therefore What podcast that I did yesterday with FreedomWorks President Adam Brandon. Adam's a great friend of mine, someone I've worked with over the years. And he is the head of FreedomWorks. Some of you know FreedomWorks. They are an organization that is heavily involved in politics. Uh, they get involved in campaigns. Their uh, main focus is on policy work, primarily limited government, uh, taxes, regulatory reform, uh, those kinds of things. Uh, but they've been in some pretty heated battles over the years. And uh, they're suddenly asking us to do something a little bit different. Uh, I sat down with uh, with Adam Brandon, and uh, he said he has a unique challenge. that They're asking their 6 million-plus members around the country and every other American to engage in. So we, we went back and, and took a look at this. He's he's actually calling for uh, a day to pause politics and celebrate Americans. Uh, so he's really asking us to step away from politics for 24 hours. I think that's a great thing to do on Labor Day. Let's just put a pause. Freedom from politics for 24 hours. That's going to be the name of this segment. Uh, so we're going to do that on Labor Day. And so I asked him, uh, why this and why now? What's the reasoning behind uh, encouraging all Americans to just hit the pause button on our politics for 24 hours? Just just for a short rest. I think I pretty much represent most Americans. I have personal relationships that have been strained over politics in recent years, and it's getting worse. And I find that even my mother and I have had some strong conversations. My some, I have a text thread going back from my friends in high school. These are guys I started hanging out with in 1994. That thread, which is usually one of the complete sources of joy in my life, that has been infused with politics. That is getting strained. And frankly, I love these people too much. We've had too much history. I would just like one day where my friends, my family, we could just be with each other, talk. It's been a hard year. I just believe that uh, that America could do with a little bit of putting our phones down, p- turning off the cable news, and just celebrate how great we are as a nation. All right. So, that, so then I asked uh, Adam, uh, how can we use that kind of pause uh, to get towards the optimism that really is inherent, I think, in the country and within the American people? And I loved his answer. He said this. The main thing is, what a kind nation. What a... Mm 
forward-looking, defined by our future, not defined by our past country we are. And I've traveled around the world, and I've been in a lot of spots that are defined by their, their past. And when you tend to be defined by your past, you're also trapped by the sins of the Father in the past. And that's something that the United States has been different when you come here. It is about you. It is about the content of your character. And that's what's made this country separate. And unfortunately, you know, that's under attack right now. But at the end of the day, we're still a great people that really care for each other and care for our communities. And that is our strength. And that's the source of my optimism. So it's nice that uh, even someone who is in the trenches of a lot of the hand-to-hand combat that goes on in our nation's capital when it comes to uh, lobbying and working towards uh, policy reform, uh, it's nice to see that he has that uh, that optimistic view moving forward and that that it's true. We, we can't be so weighed down by our past that we can't move forward because that's the key. And that it's the same whether that's a pandemic, uh, whether it's a political battle, whether it's social unrest. Uh, we have to be forward thinking enough that we can actually get there. Uh, I asked Adam about uh, kind of the current environment, a lot of the trauma and drama we're going through right now. Uh, he responded in a really interesting way. Well, I believe sometimes when we experience a trauma, it's a great opportunity to take a step back, both as an individual, but also a country, and see, like, what of my assumptions were wrong? What is being challenged? A great example I always think about with my organization, when, when, when COVID hit and we all had to go home, I was really scared that we weren't going to be able to operate as an organization, and um, it didn't happen. Uh, the outputs actually went up in many of the ways that we, we, we looked at it. And then um, the communication changed, but it is strong. I think a lot in Washington are going through that exact same kind of metamorphosis. And I think there's a changing of the guards. In fact, uh, when you look at the old titans of, uh, of Washington, so many of those old institutions, I'm just not sure they're relevant anymore. Mm. So this is an opportunity for you know, some of the dreams I had in the early Tea Party movement. I think they're we're closer to seeing success than ever. But other things, um, I, it's time to recalibrate, yeah. which means we have a lot of work to do and a lot of politicians I know who are serious about you know fixing stuff like that. So uh, I love that idea that, uh, that the old titans of D.C. Remember, six out of the ten wealthiest counties in America are suburbs of Washington, D.C., they don't make stuff. It's all power, money, and influence peddling. Uh, and he's saying that, hey, it might be a time for a changing of the guard there and a changing from the pure politics of it all, the D versus R battle. And maybe we can have conversations about principles. When I meet with your typical Freedom Works activists, what I notice is as time has gone on, they're less and less partisan. Um, but they might be more and more ideological. Mm. And uh, that was uh, Congressman Thomas Massey once said, Adam, that's your problem. You know, you don't get it. You're an ideologue. You're not a politician. And I thought, you know, that's actually an interesting observation. And it's more we do believe what we believe. When I was a young man and I volunteered, you had to volunteer through the Republican Party if you wanted to be in politics. You, you mm. pick your team, right? right. Uh, you know, the Jets and the Sharks, the Republicans <laughs> or the Democrats. And that's kind of how politics was. But with technology, the Internet has changed how we shop, how we do everything. But it's also changed how we participate in our political culture, because now you don't need the parties anymore. Right. So the parties have become these empty vessels. But I think what you what you look at is that it's so easy to get involved now. And that's a very good thing. But that also means the responsibility of the citizen 
has changed, and it's much more than just watching the news and then voting. That's not what citizen participation means. With the lowering barriers to entry, it means to be a good citizen, you have to be a little bit more involved than you were before. And finally, I asked uh, Adam, okay, what's the therefore what? What should we really do on Labor Day to embrace this idea of putting a pause, freedom from politics to celebrate America? What I'm going to challenge people, my therefore, what I hope people do, is think about one person in your life that you have had a strained relationship over politics. And I hope on Labor Day, you give them a call and you just tell them that, you care about them, you're thinking about them, you're sorry that the political climate has strained the relationship, but you're hoping, you know, before the end of the year to connect on everything that you're that friendship, that relationship was based on that was not political. So my call to my therefore is please reach out to someone who you've had a strained relationship um, about politics. And I think that is a fabulous thing for all of us to do on Labor Day is to put a pause on our politics and let's reconnect with people. Because that's what the country is really about. That's where our great strength as a nation is. And it's a simple thing. It's something we all can do. Everybody can just hit the pause button on our politics. Just 24 hours. Everything's going to be fine. Every, we'll come back. It'll be good on Tuesday. Uh, but I hope you will take Adam's challenge seriously. Reach out to someone you've had a strained relationship with over politics and talk about everything but politics. Reconnect at the human level, at the principal level, at the people level. Uh, because that is truly what we should be celebrating uh, and talking about as American people. All right, we'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about this day in history. Jane Beckwith uh, will join us from Topaz Museum next on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.